Welcome to a continuation of Conduit's four-part series on vision. I've got my good buddy, Paul Balsher on again. Good morning, Paul. Hi, Jerry. So anyway, thanks for being back. We were talking about vision last week. Can you give us a quick recap on uh, what we talked about last week as far as the inspire the why? Sure. And uh, I think you start with inspiration, obviously, because, well, maybe not obviously, but because it's so important. Because if you've ever tried to do anything where you didn't really understand why you were doing it or didn't feel like it mattered, it's hard to really plug into it and do it. So the inspiration isn't, we're going to get you excited about it. Hopefully you will be, but you might not be. Uh, But at least it's connected to why you do it. And you and I were chatting offline uh, about how building a business without a clear vision is a lot like building a house without a detailed design. And many business owners hold the detailed idea, the drawings in their head of what their business looks like. And a lot of times that even is just a sense of what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. So if you get that picture, imagine you're building a house and you're the only one on the site who really knows what the house is supposed to look like, uh, where the walls go, then everyone who shows up to work there, what's going to happen? They're going to come to you for direction and detailed direction about what to do. And, you know, I hear from a lot of business owners that uh, my employees won't make a decision or that they have to come to me for everything. And So it's a very similar analogy that, if you're the only one holding the plans in your head, and even in your head they're, they're less than clear, then it's going to be necessary for everyone to come to you. So hopefully the inspiration behind vision is, how do I get out of my head uh, all the things that I see in the business so that other people understand what it is? And I mean, that sets aside even the fact that businesses with a clear vision are much more successful in so many ways than businesses that don't have a clearly written stated vision. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely the, definitely uh, a connection to why we need to do it is it empowers everyone really. So as I'm, as I'm looking at just very quickly, so the why, the energy, the juice, the fire, the motivation to, to move in a certain direction with the why. And then I'm intrigued this morning and talking about the education, the what, because a building has a foundation. So what's the, what's the foundation of your vision? A building has, uh, has framework, you know, what's the strategy? Um, and the, business, the, the building has wiring, which I'm thinking like culture. And so right. I think the, for me, it's a really good metaphor that I could visualize. Um, so let's, yeah, let's dig into this. It's I good. love that, that's, that's great. I love how you brought, I wasn't even thinking about it on that level. I was standing on a higher, sort of a big picture idea of the vision, but I love how you think about all the parts and pieces. So I always like to start when I think about vision with uh, what the vision is not, because there's a number of clients it seems like I work with that will, when we get to building their vision or strategic objective, both those labels sound so imposing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need some to be some business genius or a, or a uh, writer to come up with this thing. And You know, one of the best visions I've ever seen was written by a painter that I worked with, and it was bullet points, you know, but I could tell he just poured his heart and his head out onto that vision, and I loved it. So it's not this flowery, eloquent document that you've got to come up with that, you know, it sounds like some inspirational speaker on stage, you know, and it's also not a detailed business plan that spells out uh, you know, the script for answering the phone. So to stick with your analogy of the different parts and pieces, we might talk about the electrical system as it being the culture that's in the business, 
but we're not going to talk about where the switches go and the lights go and the sure. outlets go. And, you yeah. know, we're not, not going to place all those things in the vision. But we are going to talk about, to your point about culture, what would it be like to work here? If I was an employee in this business, what would it be like? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's a, that's a great way to think about it. So, and another piece that I think causes people to get writer's block that they think about a vision is it's not cast in stone. I, I think a lot of times we think, well, I'm going to write this vision and I'm going to send it off to somebody, print it on a poster board and put it in my office. Well, I wouldn't necessarily discourage that, uh, except that's not really the purpose of a vision. And it's not cast in stone. A, a vision, we use, at EMF, we use a phrase that says, a vision should be stable, but not static. Mm. It shouldn't be something you're changing every day, uh, but it's not something that's static and never moves. I mean, look at what we're looking at right now in the marketplace. Things like pandemics can shift mm -hmm. your vision, even if it's just the timing, but it could even shift the method you're gonna use to get or reach that vision. So definitely stable, but not static. So those are a few things. I don't know if you have anything you would add to that, Jerry. Those are things that a vision is not. Like this is not what we're trying to create here as a Pulitzer Prize winning document. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So I'm visualizing the framework of it. And obviously, selfishly, I'm thinking about it in the context of what I'm personally engaged in um, right. as well. So. Uh, let's let's keep let's keep plowing ahead as far as the framework's concerned. I love it. Yeah. So then, if we just shift to kind of what is a vision, then if it's not those things, uh, you know, the other thing a vision is not is a mission statement. A lot of people want a two sentence mission statement. Yeah. Uh, very often, you can pull a mission statement like that out of a vision, but your mission statement really comes more from your values. Why why do you do what you do? That's kind of the mission of your business. Uh, it's not the vision though. The vision is a really becomes the target for all the strategy that you build uh, in the business. So what it is, is it's just quite simply, it's something that describes the business that will give you more life. And I always like to include that because to me, that's so important. I talked to so many business owners. I talked to a couple yesterday who have been in a business together for a long time and just hearing the energy and the life that's sucked out of them from this business. It's, it's just really tough to listen to sometimes. And so it's really critical to stay connected to the idea that your business should serve your life, not the other way around. It really should energize you and give you more life. You always say, I look forward to Mondays. I think you're a little sick in the head, but yeah, yeah. those might be two different conversations, but yeah. your business should hopefully make you look forward to Mondays. It's a, it's a, uh, an enterprise worth working for. And so when you're visualizing it in the future, make sure that it's congruent with, is it going to provide a life that I want? Yeah. And, and Paul, is it, is it true that it's also um, evidence that you're like, how would you know that, how would you know that you got there if it's not clearly defined? Like if that building, like how would I know I'm in a building right now? If this building is the vision, this is the destination, how would I even know that I'm here? Right. Jerry, do you realize that you're actually sitting in your vision? Like uh, it was, it, it inspired you. And, and how do you know that it's actually there, that framework around it? Um, that helps yeah. me. Absolutely. We were talking, uh, you probably remember, I think yesterday in a round table with some of our colleagues about, 
making it clear to your team members what a win looks like so that they know what success actually looks like in a very clear way for them. Well, this applies here. This is your, your work as the business owner to defining the clarity of what a win looks like for your business on a strategic level. Mm-hmm. And that, that statement takes me to the next point that I like to make, and that is that we are looking at the business on a strategic level. So as, as you were using the analogy or sticking with that house analogy, uh, we're not getting down to saying uh, the glass is going to be this color and this etching and this, you know, we're not going to get to that yet. Uh, we're keeping this at a, at a strategic level, describing what that business is like, not down in the details. So we're not writing this uh, business plan that's, uh, that's an, extre- an extreme detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, it does need to be loaded, in my opinion, with clarity and authenticity. Like mm-hmm. I talked about the one the painter produced. I think it was so great because, you know, he went into it with a lot of trepidation. He's like, Paul, I don't. I don't write well, I don't, I can't. But then he sends me this thing, literally handwritten on notebook paper, scanned and emailed it to me. And it was beautiful because it provided extreme clarity about what he wanted this business to look like. When I read it, I thought I can see that business. And it was authentic. I could feel his personality and his passion for what he he loved to do in it. And those to me are far more important than eloquence. Far more important than eloquence. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I don't care if it's bullet points or paragraph. I mean, I've read some beautifully written visions too that are eloquent that are BS, frankly, because I could tell they were written from the perspective of what would a well-written business uh, vision sound like if somebody in corporate America wrote it. You know, that's what they were thinking. And they wrote out this flowery thing that uses, uh, well, well-edited grammar, but it didn't, doesn't inspire. It doesn't tell a story of what that business should be like. Yeah. So when you say, give me some clarity around authenticity. So what is that? Um, so a leader that's building a vision, uh, where's, where's some of the, the potholes as it relates to authenticity? Give me, give me, you can use me as an example. What's, a, what's an example of building a vision that's inauthentic? So one of the components that you brought up actually in your analogy about the house and say the electrical system being the the representing the culture of the business. I think a vision, a well-written vision needs to talk, speak to that. It needs to speak to from the perspective of uh, what would it be like to work there? And I love what you said about stepping back and looking at the house from the outside, because when you're, writing a vision for your business, I think it's really important to step back and look at it outside of yourself. Otherwise you're looking at a job that you have, not a business that you own. Mm-hmm. And those are, that's a real important shift in thinking mm-hmm. when you're thinking about your business in a different way. You know, in Emith, we say the way you think about business is the way you end up doing business. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, if you want to stop working in the business, stop thinking like someone who works in the business. Mm-hmm. Start thinking like someone who actually owns a business. Mm-hmm. So when you can get back and look at it, and uh, another analogy I would sometimes use with people when you talk about sort of the authentic culture of a business, think of your business as a person you know. And you might describe this person you know to someone who doesn't know them how would you describe what it's like to have lunch with them or to be around them or to be their friend? 
What is that like? So that should come out because when we get to the step of implementation, you know, a lot of people don't write a vision because they're like, what, do you, what good is it, right? I'm going to write this thing out, then I'm going to put it in a drawer. Well, there's, that's a problem. So if you write a, a well-written vision gives you the ability to describe things like the culture, think about the, implementa the implementation side of that. When I go to recruit and hire, I can now pull out my vision and talk about what do I want it to be like when I work here. And now when I'm recruiting and hiring, I'm looking for people who support that vision so that I can create that culture. So authenticity very often shows up in what might feel like intangible ways like culture. Um, authenticity can, can be show up in a negative way in things like, um, let's take revenues. Revenues are almost always, I think they should be a piece of, a part of a vision, right? What's the what are our gross revenues going to be in three years if we reach when we reach our vision? And lots of times clients will come back to me and they'll say, well, I want revenues to be $14 million. And I'll go, why do you want that? Um, I don't know. It just seemed like a good number. <laughs> well, that's not authentically you. That's not building a business that serves your life for any specific purpose. That's setting a number based on ego or what you think will get you praise from other people, or just grabbing a number out of the sky because you grabbed a number out of the sky. Mm -hmm. Which means you haven't put a lot of authentic thought into why you actually want that number. That's good. All right, so you hit on a couple things. So we, we talked about foundation, framework, revenue, values, um, culture, um, strategy. I don't know if some of the strategies, what else? What else needs to be a part of that, um, the what of the vision? Yeah, and so we're bleeding over in now into application, right? So we're going down the next level because education is like, what is the vision and why does it, why does this matter? And then education is sort of, what is it and how do I learn what I'm building? And then in the application phase, we're starting to dig into what, how do I build that? So how do I dig in and actually build that vision? But sticking with your component question, um, I like to see things touched on like the target market that you're gonna work in. Uh, you like to describe the dream client is a phrase that you use a lot, I love that. However you describe that dream client, uh, most probable customer, ideal customer, that sort of thing. Um, I liken a vision to keep it at a market level you know, I don't want to, when we get into marketing and we start talking about your ideal client or your, your perfect, your dream client, that's when you talk about, you know, they're between the ages of 55 and 65 and they live in these zip codes and they, we're very, very specific about it. Uh, at this level, uh, at the vision level, I like to talk about them more in terms of what's the market that you serve. So, uh, you know, you might say we serve customers that like a high level of service and don't like to be hands on. Or maybe it's the other side. Maybe you say our customers love to be hands-on. They like to come into our store and grind their own coffee before we make the coffee. It, it, it doesn't, there's no right or wrong to it. It's just what's the market you serve? Why was, who's this company built to serve? Because mm -hmm. uh, that's an important component to what you're building, right? We're building it as we're designing a business to stick with that house analogy. And 
you wouldn't design a custom home without input from the customer. <laughs> it's their home. Yep. So we have to understand what this, what's this business going to be built? Who's it going to be built to serve? And as you're hitting on the, again, we're, the education of the what, if you, if, if you, like our friend Don Patton, wants to be a sole proprietor with no employees, then he's building a, like a, an efficiency, you know, a, um, oh, I'm thinking of one, one of those, I don't even know what they call them, small houses or whatever, like you're building a very efficient single unit, uh, single resident uh, unit. Or are you building a duplex, right? Where it's going to have a little expansion, or is it a multi-unit? Uh, are you going to franchise it? Or are you going to sell it? And again, I, I really appreciate you saying you can change your mind, but to have something that uh, inspire, you know, going back to the why and then the education, all the what components to it. Um, is that, am I on track there as far as, um, you know, going back to like the, the tiny home, like the sole proprietor? versus the duplex, multi-unit, franchise it, sell it type thing? Absolutely. I, there's no, the one, one of the things, there's probably more than one, so I won't say the one. One of the things about a vision to keep in mind is there's no right or wrong vision, except, for me, this is the except, except the vision, your business should serve your life. Don't build a business that doesn't serve your life. My God, why do that? You're just going to be miserable. So if the vision is describing a business that serves a life that you want. And look, I don't, I'm not a guy who thinks work is bad. Uh, I like to work. My work brings a lot of fulfillment to me. So I'm not saying that you have to build a business so you can sell it and make a million dollars. I'm not saying you have to have a business that you don't work at every day. Uh, if that, if your business, if that's what serves your life, then great. But yeah, size, in this case, size doesn't matter yeah. as long as the size serves what you want for your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. There are guys like Don Patton who take a lot of pride in the work that he does. He loves being hands-on. And if there's a lot of uh, pride and satisfaction and he loves the life that provides, that's the perfect business then mm -hmm. for Don. So the business ought to be perfect for the person writing the vision. And is it possible, I don't know if the painter would give you permission to share, but would it be possible for you to give us a couple, not right now, but share a couple examples of, um, uh, of visions that you're like, okay, that's really, that's really crystal clear um, or, and or vision, vision worksheets. I can. It's funny. Any client that has worked with me will chuckle if they're listening to this uh, and you asking me for an example, because um, I'm really tight fisted with examples, especially around vision. Yeah. Because what I found is it's human nature to copy. For sure. Yeah. Copy and paste. And if you've never written a vision before, this is going to be feel like a hill to climb for you. Mm -hmm. and it's going to feel really weird because you're thinking in a way that maybe you haven't thought about your business before. And so it can be a real struggle. And what I've found is that by giving examples, we tend to go, oh, that sounds good. I'll use that. I'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, me too. We all, yeah. We all do it. Uh, I literally had a client send me a vision one time and I read it, got on a call with him and he goes, what'd you think? And I said, well, I hope this doesn't upset you too much, but this sounds like somebody Googled vision and copy and pasted it into a word document. And he kind of chuckled and see, so he goes, 
oh my God, that's what I did. Well, sure. <laughs> so it's like, no, it, it always reminds me of the, uh, the, this was attributed to Dwight Eisenhower said that a plan is useless, but the act of planning is priceless. So the process you go through of discovering this vision within you and thinking about your business in this way is probably equally important to the output that you end up with in your written vision. Because that, you ask about authenticity. When I'm looking for authenticity, I'm looking for that. Can I tell that they actually searched themselves, thought about the business outside of themselves, and put that down rather than something that came from a Google search about what is a vision. Mm -hmm. Mm, that's good. That's good. All right. So you're not letting that's me. Off that's the hook. Good explanation for no, I won't give you an example. No. <laughs> well, but I think if you hit those components, I mean, you've given us a good list of some foundational pieces. Um, yeah, it's good. Talk about application. We'll dig into those a little more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is when we're actually writing the application, right? We're actually writing, the vision. So I think we can dive deeper into the components that go into it uh, and how you can flesh those out in a way that makes them useful. And then implementation, as we said, of course, is how do I take this and not just put it in a drawer, yep. but how does it show up in the business every single day? And that, that to me is the, for, for my own journey, you know, I wrote visions and mission statements for years because it felt good to do it because I love thinking that way. But then they just, they did sit in a drawer. I didn't use them yeah. effectively to communicate them. And that's, that's the really important part. Thanks for sharing again, Paul. I appreciate your wisdom and insight. Uh, this is going to be a, a fun journey to, to finish up in, uh, in two weeks as well. You're welcome. Love the conversations.